0: Hey, everybody, we're so glad that you're joining us today at Elevation Church and wherever you find yourself in the world, we just want to say welcome. So glad that you're here. I don't know about you, but I, as a pastor, run into this tension on a regular basis. I find people that are doing really good, and I find people that aren't doing so good. And I don't know which category you find yourself in today, but the thing that I know is that that tension exists And it's so important we look at that, because what happens sometimes is in our lives when we're not doing very good, we look at the people that are, quote, doing good, and we don't want to hear from them. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. It's like, I don't want to hear that right now. I'm struggling. And I get that. And so, like, from a place of empathy, I understand that. But here's the problem that we have to see. Is that if we don't hear from those people, if we don't hear the good, what happens is it starts to steal. The, the, the thing that's grabbed hold of us starts to steal all that God wants us to have. And so I just want to say to you today as a pastor, it's so important that you hear the good. It's so important that you hear the good news because we are dealing with some very challenging times right now. Matter of fact, as a church, we, we've been sending out a form that allows us to collect data of where people are and what's going on in their lives and the challenges that they're facing. And I just wanted to share some of the challenges that I see happening just in our little community here. Here are just a few things. Of the people that responded to this particular form, we've seen that 32% of that, that, that group of people have lost their jobs. have seen a decrease in income. 39% say that they're struggling with anxiety and fear. Perhaps you can relate. 10% say they're struggling with loneliness. 25% say they're struggling with family tension. 18% depression. 39% family separation. And then finally, People are at 18% because they're concerned that they're going to be exposed to the virus because of job-related requirements. Those are heavy things, aren't they? Those are significant things that people are dealing with. And the thing that I have to say to you today is that if you don't see this, what will happen is that the crisis will begin to steal your courage. It'll begin to destroy any kind of hope that you have. Matter of fact, it will drive you deeper into a depression. And as your pastor, I want to make sure that we keep that from happening. I just don't want to see the people of God living in that perpetual state because I believe that God has a better thing for you. He has a better way for you. And so I want to talk to you today about that better way because I believe there is a better way. And the thing you've got to see today is that focusing on just the bad is never going to get you to the good. So important we see that today. And so in order to kind of help us see this better, I wanted to turn to the book of Hebrews. And so I don't know if you know much about the book of Hebrews, but there is so much power in this book. Matter of fact, I would go as far as to say that it is one of my favorite books of the Bible. And so I want to ask you, and and this might be a little strange for you today, but I want you to grab a physical Bible Like, I know that we have digital Bibles, and that's okay, and if you're online, that's fine. But if you're in a place where you can grab a physical Bible, I want you to grab hold of that, and I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, and I'm going to start reading in verse 18. And just for a little context, it's important you see this, is that this book is about encouragement, I don't know if you knew that. Matter of fact, the entire book of Hebrews is based on encouraging the church around the things of God. You know what I found, though, is sometimes we read this book and, it, and it, it's like it doesn't seem to make sense because it doesn't seem all that encouraging sometimes. Because it's not real kind of fluffy and puffy, you know? It's not like a Hallmark card. But it, but, but it is establishing a foundation. It's establishing some truths in our lives that we can build our lives on. Because, see, it, it, oftentimes what's happened is the reason we're struggling sometimes is that we've built our life on sinking sand, We're not building it on the truth of the gospel. We're not building it on the rock of Jesus. And so what happens is that we build it on all kinds of things. Sometimes we allow the government to be our foundation. Sometimes we allow family to be our foundation. Sometimes we allow relationships or marriages or even our kids to be our foundations. But here's the problem Those things were never intended to bear the weight of our worship. And so what happens is that we put our weight on those things and they can't hold us up. And that's what the book of Hebrews is so good at reminding us of, of encouraging us around, is that there is a foundation that we all can build our life on. And so I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to read verse 18, starting in verse 18 of Hebrews chapter 6. And I'm going to ask you to maybe highlight and underline a few things, maybe circle a few things as we go through this. And so I'm just going to read through it really quick, and then I want to talk about it. Starting in verse 18. So God has given us both his promise, underline promise, and his oath. Underline oath. His promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Did you know that God is not a liar? It's important you know that. See, the Bible says that God's not a liar. So everything that God says he's going to do, he does. Watch this. Therefore... We who have fled to Him for refuge. Some of you fled to God this week, this moment for refuge. Matter of fact, you're here today listening because you're looking for refuge. And listen, listen. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to this hope that lies before us. There's a hope that lies before us because of this truth. Verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor. If you're going to circle a word, I want you to circle the word anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone there for us. He has become our eternal high priest. Now I read that and you think, why in the world should that encourage me? I don't feel like that's something I can put on my wall, you know, and make a pretty painting out of and and have people come over and say, wow, that's a pretty painting. See, I get it. But see, that's the thing. The scripture isn't about puff and fluff. The scripture is about building our life on something solid. And there is so much foundation wrapped up in those few verses, and I want to share those with you. Did you notice that it says, the Bible says that God has given both his unchangeable promise and oath. Now, what does that mean? Why, why, why did he double up on that? I mean, okay, so that's the promise. Why do, why do we need the oath? And, and there's a point here that, that I believe God is trying to help us to see. The writer of Hebrews is trying to help us to see. It's kind of like this. I don't know if you've ever done this, but perhaps you say uh, to someone when they're not believing what you're saying, you say, well, I swear on this, right? Sometimes when we go before the judge, you know, they have us swear on this Bible to tell the truth. See, that's an oath. That's taking an oath. And so what's happening in this particular book and what Jesus is saying or, or what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that God makes a promise and he swears by himself, Think about that. I mean, because see, oaths tend to be sweared, we swear oaths on things that are higher than ourselves. And typically they were they they were things that we swear on divine things or things really important. And that's exactly what God is doing. He's putting it in our language and saying, listen, 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 every promise I've made, I guarantee. Like he's putting a stamp of guarantee on the promises that he's made. And so if you just want to be encouraged today, just know that every promise that God has made, he guarantees. That's so good. I don't know if that's penetrating your heart today, but that's the kind of thing you can build your life on. See, the Bible says that God is not a liar. He's not going to make a promise and not follow through. And then it gets better. You're like, how could it get any better? Watch this. So he says very clearly, he says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. I don't know if you see it yet, but the imagery here is so powerful. I suspect you know what an anchor is. You know, you've maybe been on a boat or you've seen a big cruise ship with a big old anchor. And what's happening in this passage is it's saying that Jesus went into the inner sanctuary of God. And what he did is he's tied this cord, so to speak, like a rope. He's tied this rope to an anchor. And that rope is hope. Get it? And so he goes into the inner sanctuary of God and he puts that anchor on the throne of God. Get this. I mean, I love this imagery. He takes this anchor and he puts it on the throne of God. And then he allows this cord to come out from the throne of God to you and to me. Can you get that image in your head? And one author wrote it this way. He said, Christians, Christians steady themselves by trusting God's promises, holding on for dear life to this cord of hope. Think about that. In other words, we are holding on to this cord of hope. And what's so powerful is that the anchor is right there in the throne room of God. Jesus is the anchor that we can trust. And so if you're holding on to the rope of hope today, then you can count on the fact that it's connected to the source, that you don't ever have to worry about that. And so we should be encouraged today, not because everything is good, but because he's good, because Jesus has provided a way for us. And that's the good news. That's the thing that we have to hear. When we're going down, when the crisis is defeating us, we've got to remember again. We've got to be encouraged like the book of Hebrews wants us to be. We've got to be encouraged around the fact that Jesus has done some things on our behalf. And as a result of that, we can have hope. Matter of fact, if we'll just hold on to the the cord, if we'll just hold on to the rope, if we'll just hold on to the anchor, if we'll just hold on to Jesus... What happens is our hope begins to go up because we're seeing him and not just the problem. We're seeing the things that God wants us to see. Now, I don't know if you know this, but but the Bible says that Jesus came into this world as a baby, went to a cross, died a brutal death, three days later came out of a tomb and was resurrected And then he revealed himself to his disciples over a period of time. And then eventually the Bible says that he went to be with the father. In other words, that he is with the Father. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he's at the right hand of the Father. He is in the throne room of God, and that is where he sits right now. And someday he will come back to judge the world. That's basically how the story goes. But the thing I want you to see is that Jesus is on the throne. He is in the throne room. And it's so important you see this because the fact that he's in the throne room leads to you and my hope, it leads to our hope. Let me, let me show you what I mean. Let me show you what I mean. In John 14, if you have your Bibles, turn to John 14, verse 15 through 18. I want to read this to you. If you love me, the Bible says. If you love me, obey my commands, is what Jesus says. That's a sermon in and of itself. You know, if we love him, we'll do what he tells us to do. But then in verse 16, watch this. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another, see it, advocate, advocate. Make note of that, advocate, who will never leave you. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. All truth, not some truth, all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but... You know him. So if you're a follower of Christ today, the Bible says that you know him because he lives with you now and later will be With you. Look at this in verse 18. This is so good. This is a promise for you and for me. No, I will not abandon you as an orphan. I will come to you. See what Jesus is saying? He's saying that when I go to be with the Father, when He goes to be in the throne room of God, He says He's going to send an advocate. He's going to send someone to be with us. And what's going to happen is that this someone, this Holy Spirit, this advocate is going to dwell inside of us and give us the things that we need to be able to be successful. I don't know if you're feeling abandoned today. I don't know if you're feeling like you've been orphaned, but here's the good news. The Bible says that God is our loving father and that anybody that comes to faith in Jesus Christ can call themselves a son or daughter of the most high God. That's what the scripture says. And so I don't know if you know that today, but that's exactly what Jesus is trying to get us to see. You're not alone. You're not orphaned. You're not abandoned. God is with you, the Bible says. And not only is in the physical, Jesus is on the throne. He has then given us the spirit of God. And here's the point, because you might be thinking, well, what's your point? Here's the point. Encouragement is a person. Sometimes we don't see it. We only think of the little cards that we get and the things like that. And I know that those things are important. But the thing that we've got to see is that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be our encouragement. Let me explain what I mean. Matter of fact, if you look at the, the word here for advocate, it's the word paraclete. Now, I know that's a fancy Greek word, but, but, but you have to see this. Paraclete means advocate, comforter, helper. Get that? Do you see what's happening? The the Gospel of John, the writer of John is saying to us, look, 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 you're missing the point. That see, when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came. And when the Holy Spirit came, he dwells inside of you there. And what that means is that the encourager, the comforter, now lives inside of you. I mean, that's amazing to think about. The fact that, that the Holy Spirit is described as the paraclete. The one that lives inside of us is our advocate, our comforter, and our hope. I don't know about you, but I think that's powerful. When I think about exhortation, that's another fancy word. You know what that means? It means to urge, beseech, and to make an appeal for people to be more like Christ. Isn't that what I'm doing today? That's what the, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit exhorts us. The Holy Spirit encourages us. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need for the day. Listen to this in John 14, 26 through 28, continuing in that same chapter. But when the Father sends the advocate, did you see it? The advocate, the comforter. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and re- will remind you of everything that I've told you. And so Jesus is saying, as I'm gone, the Holy Spirit's going to come and start to teach you, start to help you. Start to encourage you, help you understand how to do that. And then he goes on in verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. I love gifts, don't you? I, I, I just do. And I love the fact that the Bible says that God is giving us a gift. And you know what that gift is? It's not a new car. You know, it's, it's not a, a stimulus check. And I tell you, I know those things are important. And some of us put our hope in those things. And, but, but, but here's, listen, listen, listen. I'm leaving you with a gift, and here's the gift, peace of mind and heart. How much would you pay for peace of mind, peace in your heart? The Bible says you can have it for free, and all you have to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus, and when that happens, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes into your life and begins to move in your heart and begins to help you see how you can receive the peace of God. Watch this. And the peace I give, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. See, we may be trying to find it all around us, but we can't find it around us. We have to find it in us because, see, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Encouragement is a person, and that person is the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, though, that gets hard. He goes on and even describes it. He says, so don't be troubled and afraid. He's saying you don't need to be troubled and afraid, but many of us are troubled and afraid right now. He says, remember that I told you. I am going away. This is Jesus, but I'll come back for you again. See, that's the message of the gospel. He will come back for us someday. But in this temporary time, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And that Holy Spirit allows us to have peace. That Holy Spirit gives us the ability to receive encouragement from God. It's so important you get this. And so you're saying, what what is your point? Here's my point. If you do not know the person of the Holy Spirit, what happens is we can't figure out encouragement. Now, we can get encouragement, encouraging notes and different things like that. But I just want you to see that at the very heart of what Jesus is about is that he sent his spirit to help you find encouragement, to help you find comfort, to help you find the power that you need. And so here's just a very simple question. Do you know the the Holy Spirit? Have you made the Holy Spirit your best friend? I don't know if you have. And and I know that that's kind of a weird thing for me to even say because you're like, I can't even see him. So how do I do it? I get it. I want to encourage you today, though, to take a step. Like during this season, like where you don't get it or you are struggling or you're frustrated, I want to encourage you to read a book. There's a book by the author. He's a pastor. His name's Robert Morris. It's called The God I Never Knew. And I don't know what you're doing with your time. You're probably watching TV or doing all kinds of things. But I want to encourage you to read this book. If you're interested in knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to read that book. Because, say, I believe fundamentally that encouragement is a person. And when that person lives inside of me, when that person dwells inside of me, I can find the encouragement that I need for the day. And so as you get to know the Holy Spirit, you will find greater encouragement for your life. The great encourager, the Holy Spirit, will teach us how to become great encouragers as well. See, Paul understood this. I want to share just a a verse out of Colossians chapter 4, verse 11. Listen to this. And also Jesus, who is called Justice, so this was just Guy's name, These are the only few workers for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision, what he's saying is are Jews, and they have proved to be an encouragement to me. See, Paul understood this. The apostle Paul understood what it meant to be encouraged by people. But do you know the other thing that I believe that the apostle Paul understood? He understood what it meant to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. He understood that very, very clearly. And so I want to talk to you today about how can you become more like that? How can you become more like Jesus? How can you become more of an encouragement to people around you? Well, first, I've already started with it. You've got to know the person of the Holy Spirit because that's where you're going to learn it. That's where you're going to discover how to become an encourager. But then there are a few things I want to talk to you. These are very practical. A few things I want to talk to you today about. Number one is you have to learn to be an encouragement You have to learn to be an encouragement. What does that mean? Well, see, when we encourage others, we will receive encouragement. I don't know if you know that. It's it's this law of reciprocity that we have to understand that, that if we help others, we then will be helped. It's just amazing. Like when I encourage other people, there's something inside of me that starts to live And that's what the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. That's what the Holy Spirit helps you understand is that as you become an encouragement, you will receive also encouragement. And so here's the question I have for you today is how can you be an encouragement to someone today? What is it that you could do? Maybe you could write a note. Maybe you could call someone. Maybe you could text someone. I don't know. Maybe you could give someone a gift. But I just know that when we start to act In this way, it'll come back to us in a very powerful way. And so if you're depressed today, if you're anxious, worried, or fearful, I'm just challenging you, encourage somebody else. Start to encourage somebody else because what you'll find is it's going to come back to you. You'll find your spirit starting to lift because the Holy Spirit is, is helping you come out of that pit. This crisis wants to put you in a pit. God wants you out of the pit. And one of the ways that you can do that is start to encourage other people. Number two, number two is be encouraged. What do you mean? Listen, when we allow others to encourage us, we will help to fill their spiritual tank. Get this. So, so, So in other words, when you allow other people to encourage you, What happens is their spiritual tank goes up. You're serving them. It's amazing when this starts to happen. And I don't know if you're one of these kinds of people that when someone tries to do something good for you or tries to encourage you or tries to serve you or tries to help you, you're kind of like, no, 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 Here's the problem with that is you're squashing someone else's blessing. See, God wants them to be blessed. And matter of fact, how do you know if the Holy Spirit hasn't already spoken to them, and by by saying no, you're standing in the way of what they have been asked to do by God. And so their spiritual tank is going to be affected because what happens is we say no, 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 no. Now here's the other thing I know, and this is really important. How can you, listen, here's the question. How can you let someone know you need encouragement right now? You're like, wait a second. If I let them know I need encouragement and then they encourage me, isn't that kind of janky? I understand what you're saying. I know that all of us want to have like these secret encouragers around us that show up in our life just randomly and start dropping gold in our life, you know? But here's the problem. Sometimes they don't know we're struggling. They don't know what's going on. And of course, you're going to have people that do that in your life. Of course, you're going to have people that are going to, going, to, going to hear from God and do something that you didn't expect. And that's gold when that happens. But here's the problem. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to bring us up when we say no to letting people know what's going on. Because did you know that there are people in your life right now, people in this church family that want to help you, that want to encourage you, that want to lift you up, that want to hold your arms high when you're struggling, but they don't know what's going on. And you haven't been willing to tell them. And here's the thing I'm telling you today, is make sure you tell somebody you're struggling. Because what you'll find is all of a sudden, man, people are going to start showing up and they're going to start lifting your arms and they're going to start helping you. And here's the thing, does it matter how it happened? Because if, if you had to choose not getting out of the pit or getting out of the pit, which, which one would you choose? Of course you're going to choose getting out of the pit. And sometimes that's the best way to do it. Just reach out to somebody. You know, matter of fact, at the beginning of this crisis, I reached out to some people that I trust and care about and they care about me. And you know, one of the things I asked them to do for me, their intercessors for me, I asked them to send me their prayer time, like to record it, to send me their prayer time every day so that I could just listen to them pray. And it's amazing what happens is when I'm struggling during the day, I'll get this text and I'll get a prayer that these people have prayed and I get to just listen in on their fellowship with God. And I'm telling you, it brings my spirit up. How did that happen? How did they even know I needed that? I told them. I told them because, see, I knew that that kind of encouragement was going to be important to me on my journey. And you know how I knew that? The Holy Spirit told me. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, helps us understand encouragement, helps us be able to get encouragement. And so we've got to get this. We've got to get this right. So number one is be in encouragement. Number two is be encouraged. And then finally, number three, and this is, I think, the hardest one for some of us, encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. See, I believe this 100%, that when we learn to encourage ourselves, I believe with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we become unstoppable. We become unstoppable because, see, it's not outside of you anymore. It's inside of you. The Holy Spirit's power is activated and working inside of you, and your encouragement goes up simply because of that. Your encouragement starts to build because you know what to do. You know what to reach for. You know what to start to grab hold of that cord of hope. You know how to grab hold of it, and all of a sudden, when the devil's coming at you, when the world's coming at you, when everything's coming at you, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. That's That's how you become unstoppable, because you now understand this truth. Listen to this in Romans 15, because, see, we've got to get this. One of the ways that we encourage ourselves in the Lord, listen, in verse 4, chapter 15, such things were written in the scripture long ago to teach us. And the scripture gives us hope. Did you see that? The Bible gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God who gives his patience and again encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for a follower of Jesus. See, this passage of scripture is helping us to see that the way that we encourage ourselves, the way that we become unstoppable is that reading the Bible is going to start to give us hope and also encouragement. And so if you're not taking time on a daily basis to read the scriptures, it's really hard to encourage yourself. It's really hard to encourage yourself in the Lord. I want to read another passage of scripture to you in Ephesians chapter 5, 16 through 20. And you may be wondering, why am I reading so much scripture? Because I believe there's power in it. I actually believe that just in the reading of God's word, there's power being released into your life. Whether you even know it or not. So listen to these words in Ephesians 5, verse 16 through 20. Make the most of every opportunity The Amplified says it this way, buying up each opportunity in these evil days. How about I add here, in these crisis days, in these challenging days, make the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't don't be drunk with wine because it's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with what? The Holy Spirit, singing psalms. The Amplified says, speak out, speaking out, and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. And then it says, and give thanks for everything. God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see what's happening? Ephesians is telling us to encourage ourselves. We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. But what happens sometimes is when the crisis hits, when you've been cooped up in your house for the last six to seven weeks, we start to forget that we're called to make the most of every opportunity, that that, that we're called to buy up each opportunity. And some of us are wasting our time. Some of us are not reading the scriptures. Some of us are not encouraging ourselves in the Lord the way that, that, that Paul tells us to do it. Some of us are drinking too much wine, the Bible says. And the Bible says that it's ruining our lives when we do it. And I get it. I understand it's a way to escape. But see, when we drink too much wine, we're not focused on the thing that's actually gonna help us. And he goes on and he says, sing psalms. Speak out words, give thanks to God. Do you see what's happening? The way that we encourage ourselves is we grab hold of the scriptures, we read the scriptures, we we start to sing out, we start to speak out, we start to thank God for the things that he's done in our life. And what happens is everything starts to build up inside us. The encouragement of the Lord starts to build up. And I know some of you are like, I don't sing. I'm embarrassed to sing. I get it. But if you'll do it, If you'll find a song that you like and just start to sing it, hide in your car if you have to, but just start to sing a song. Start to sing a hymn. Start to sing a praise. Because what will happen is your spirit will start to, it'll it'll start here and then all of a sudden you'll just start to build and your spirit will start to come up and what's happening is you're learning to encourage yourself in the Lord. You're not going to just need other people around you. You're starting to do it yourself. And the Bible says when that starts to happen, you become unstoppable. Do you see how that works? Do you see how you can become unstoppable? Now, as I was preparing for this message, I was, I was getting towards the end of my time as I was writing things down. That same person that I asked to pray, one of my intercessors, and that just means that, that people that pray for me, they texted me with this prophetic, I think, prophetic word and it it, is and I I I wanted to share it with you because I thought it was so powerful because I want to I want to try and connect the dots for you listen this is what it said by encouraging others being encouraged and encouraging yourself watch this you will discourage the devil by encouraging others By being encouraged, by encouraging yourself, you'll begin to discourage the devil. Now, why is that so cool? The reason it's so cool is I was already towards the end of my message, and that's what the person was receiving in their prayer time. They weren't with me. We weren't talking, but God did that. See, that's what God does. God's working behind the scenes. He's working all over this place that we don't even know. And I love it when God starts to connect the dots. He starts to say, Hey, I'm speaking to this person the same thing I'm speaking to you right now. And I just want you to grab a hold of that hope today and recognize that when we encourage ourselves, that when we encourage others, when we start to be an encouragement, what happens is the devil gets discouraged, he stops winning. He stops defeating the people of God. We are victorious in Jesus and we do not need to live defeated lives. And so I'm asking you to help me today. I'm asking you to start encouraging people. I'm asking you to start encouraging yourself. Matter of fact, moms and people out there today, you're doing better than you think. There's so many pressures in this world trying to compare you and trying to make you less than what God wants. Remember that the person, of the, Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit lives in you. Don't ever forget that. You have the power you need and you're doing better than you even think. So don't be discouraged. Let's continue to encourage each other, encourage ourselves, and watch the devil fail. I'm wondering if you'll help me with that this week as we go about our business of being the church out in the world around us. Let's pray. God, I thank you that your word very clearly tells us that you are our encourager. Lord, right now I know that there are some people that don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and I just wanna pray right now If that's you, if you would desire that in your life, I want to pray for you. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would fall upon your people. Anybody right now that's reaching out for you, Holy Spirit, would you come? If you're a follower of Jesus today and you do not have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, just tell God, Holy Spirit, would you fall? Would you fill them with your power? God, I pray for miracles to happen. I pray for encouragement to start to rise up in their life simply because they know the encourager. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Perhaps as I was talking, maybe even earlier in the message when I was describing Jesus going to be with the Father, I talked about the sacrifice that Jesus made. I talked about the, 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 the things that he faced the difficulties, the crisis. And he faced them down and he went to a cross. And the Bible says that as a result of that, he beat sin and death for you and for me so that we might be restored back to God. And I don't know if that's your story, but I I would love it to be your story. The Bible says that if you'll simply accept it as true, if you'll put your faith and trust in that reality, Jesus Christ, the son of God will come into your life and begin to change you and begin to help you and begin to save you. And and in addition to that, he will deliver the Holy Spirit into your life. And so I don't know if that's your story, but I would love to pray with you. And so uh, if you wouldn't mind, I I wanna offer this prayer for you. And if, if this is you, just go ahead and say this prayer wherever you are. Lord Jesus, I need you. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. God, would you come in to my life? Would you save me? Would you begin to transform me? Would you deposit the Holy Spirit inside me? I receive all the promises of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, we are so proud of you. We're so glad that, that you raised your hand or you prayed that prayer or you reached out for God. And uh, I just want to say, if that was you, if you made a decision today, we would love to know about that, not because we want to find you or track you down. We just want to be able to help you, give you some information, help you on your journey. And so you can drop that in the comment line or, or whatever. We want to be able to just kind of connect with you in that way. I'd love to be able to do that. So we are just so proud of you for making that decision today. Um, I also want to talk to you as, I, as we finish. I want to talk to you about giving as a church. Uh, as you know, we're not meeting in a physical environment at this point and, and And you've heard me talk about that. And I just want to say to you, thank you for those of you that continue to give faithfully to the church. And, and, I, and I know you've heard me say this. There are two different categories. There are people that are doing really good and there are people that aren't doing so good. And I just want to say either way, we love you. And so do what you can. If you're doing good, give. Give a little more, whatever you can do. But if you can't, we understand. And so if you'd like to give today, you can do that by texting 77977 and just simply texting this phrase, Elevation FM Give, and that'll get you started. We're so glad that you joined us and we'll see you next time.